grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus, who is the Christ. Let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. Gracious God, we give you thanks for this day, for the many gifts that you have given to us. Be with us and guide us and help us to prepare ourselves for the coming of your Son. This we ask in your holy and your precious name. Amen. Be prepared. How many of you know what that is? Kevin, right? Should you come up? You should come up and preach. Everybody knows that the Boy Scouts always say, be prepared, right? And in today's gospel text and in our lessons today, we are being told that we need to be prepared. I mean, in Malachi, we're reminded that the sons of Levi, they're, not, they're, they're in trouble. Things aren't going right. They need to prepare and change the way that they're doing things. And of course, in the Gospel of Luke, we hear about John the Baptist who is out telling us to prepare the way. Now, one could ask the question, who are the voices of the ones crying in the wilderness today? And we could come up with lots of different answers, serious answers. You know, the hungry, the homeless, the you know, people who have issues that we don't necessarily truly understand. And that was all correct and right. But I would even say that we are in the wilderness and that we need to prepare the way as well and get ready for the coming of Christ. I have a story that I'd like to share with you. It's, if you will, it's a modern-day version. It's a modern-day version of what we're hearing about John the Baptist. And there are characters. You have the prophet, and you have the promise and the forgiveness of God, and you have the people of Israel all combined, or the people who are needing to be corrected. The story's actually about me when I was a sixth grader. And my brother was a senior in high school, and all through our lives, my mother never thought she could leave home and leave us at home by ourselves. Kids, you ever have that problem? You want to stay at home and mom and dad say no? And we weren't allowed to stay at home, and finally my brother, who was the senior in high school, said... Mom, certainly you trust me enough to take care of John and that we'll be safe and that we won't do, you know. And so mom, instead of sending us to grandma's house or to our aunt and uncle's house, um, she said, that's okay. And she took a step of faith and they were gone for a Friday night, Saturday night, home on Sunday. I heard an uh uh-oh already. (laughs) There goes the weekend. So, life was good. We went and visited Grandma and Grandpa. We We had meals planned, so we'd go and eat with Grandma and Grandpa or with an aunt and uncle or whatever, and we were just right. We were doing the things that brothers do. We were having a good time. Now, when I was in sixth grade, the baseball team to be a fan of was the Cincinnati Reds because that was the big red machine era. You know, when they were just winning world championship after world championship. 
and my brother and I would oftentimes go into the backyard and play catch. And so we were playing catch, and he throws a ball, and it's sort of a ground ball, and I reach over like this to fill the ground ball, and I pick it up, and I say, Davy Concepcion fills the ball. Now, I don't know if you remember Davy Concepcion, but Davy Concepcion threw the ball sidearmed like this. And it's not really common for a sixth grader to have lots of control <laughs> when you throw the ball sidearmed. And so I reach over, Davy Concepcion fills the ball, and I pick up, and I'm off balance just like he would have been, and I fling it like this, and the ball goes wide to the right, and it hits the windshield of a car and breaks it. And of course, I'm mortified. And my brother says, it was an accident. It'll be all right. Mom and dad will understand. So we throw the ball back and forth a few more times. And he throws me the ball, and I catch it. And he says, throw me a high fly. So I throw it as high as I can. I, you know, I really put a lot of effort into it. And, I'm, and my brother's backing up like he's going. And he hits a car. Not the car whose windshield I already broke, but another car. And the ball lands on that windshield and breaks that windshield. <laughs> so in a matter of five minutes, I broke two windshields. Now, sixth graders have no concept of insurance, and I have no idea what insurance was like in the 70s. But I am mortified. I am in deep trouble. I'm going to be in trouble. I'm going to be punished. It's all the things. You can imagine what's going through your mind. And so I had a plan. I had to prepare, right? My preparation was to be in bed before mom and dad got home. <laughs> now, granted, I climbed in bed as I saw the headlights pull into the driveway. Nothing a good night's sleep can't help, right? And so my brother, my brother's playing the role of John the Baptist, if you will, the prophet, <laughs> in this case, is trying to make the valley, the road straight and the high places smooth, you know, flat and the, and the rough places smooth, right? And so mom and dad come home and they say, well, how'd things go? And he goes, oh, they went pretty good. <laughs> Uncle Dennis stuck his hand in the lawnmower and cut his finger off, which was true. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Is he all right? Well, yeah, he's all right, but his finger's a little short, shorter now, and then he's got a... Well, John and I were playing catch, and, well, he broke the windshield on a car. Oh, that's too bad. Well, about five minutes later, he threw the ball again, and he broke the other windshield. Nary a word was said that night to me. And so I get up, and I go to the breakfast table, and Mom, as always, has breakfast ready, and, and as only a mother can do, she walks up behind me, and she puts her hand on my shoulder, and she taps me. I'm sure my eyes got really big, right? And she goes, I hear the Cincinnati Reds are looking for you.
And all was forgiven. And all was forgiven. And I say it's a modern day story of John the Baptist because that's what John the Baptist, he tells us that he's in the wilderness. Why is John the Baptist in the wilderness? The people of Israel had traveled for 40 years in the wilderness and there's going to be a a radical thing coming called Jesus, the new Messiah. And so he's in the wilderness as a reminder of that journey. And he says, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. The hills will be made low and the rough places will be made smooth. Prepare yourselves for that coming of the Messiah. Because Jesus is coming. And the promise is what? Jesus did come and it's because Jesus came that we have the promise of new life. That Jesus came and died on the cross. He was not the king that the people expected. He was not yet another Roman authority or like the high priests who were actually serving and doing things on behalf of Rome and trying to maintain control and keep their thumbs on the pulse of everything. He was a king who came and died. Doesn't sound very kingly, does it? But he died for us so that we would have the promise and the gift of new life because God raised him from the dead. It is the gift of God. And John the Baptist is reminding people this radical thing is coming. And so I ask you, where are our hearts right now as we prepare for the birth of Jesus? Where are our hearts? We could be in that story of mine or a story similar to that in your life and where we're worried about making money or doing things or worried about our own issues or are we listening to the cry that we are to prepare that we are to go into the world and to share are we hearing that cry as we are in the wilderness are we willing to go into the cities and into the world and to say God has come born as a babe and died for us Are we willing to go forth and leave our own comfort zone so others may come to hear the promise of God? Today, as we think about the second Sunday of Advent, is about preparation. Hear the promise of God. And no matter how difficult our life gets, no matter what happens, we are assured and promised that that road will be made straight, that that hill that seems insurmountable will be made flat, and those rough places that seem to poke us on the side will be made smooth. We all have different things that we're carrying on our shoulders right now our own wilderness. But hear that cry. The Messiah is coming. Prepare. May God's blessings be with you today and forever as we together prepare our hearts for the coming of Jesus. Amen.